A white man? No! Hello, and welcome to the Unsub is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we're back with season two. Yes. Of Criminal Minds. Back with our cliffhanger. Yeah. It's hard to believe that we have spent now roughly 22 hours discussing <laughs> one of the greatest shows ever created. I mean, plus the time off that, like, not actually recording that we also <laughs> spent <laughs> discussing the show. That's true. And rewatching it as well. The hours really add up pretty quickly. Yeah. We, um, we, and by we, I mean the unsub is a white man, uh, made the Youngblood family Christmas newsletter this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So hello, new subscribers from that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody was out looking us up after they received that. Mm. And then there's uh, my family who's like, I'm going to listen to it. I just, I just can't watch the show. Yeah. I'm like, then don't listen to it because no. it won't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it won't make any sense and it's just as brutal sometimes. Yeah. It's not everyone's cup of tea for sure. <laughs> no. It wasn't Mandy Patinkin's that we know. Yes. Um, well, I guess we could dive right in, right? Yeah. Because we, we left everyone hanging a hanger cliff, as one of my students likes to call them. A hanger cliff? A hanger cliff. Nice. Um, we're t- discussing The Fisher King Part 2, yes. which originally aired September 20th, 2006. I cannot imagine having to wait six months to see how this turned out. No. That's insane. I Just having to watch them back to back was excitement enough for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Like we discussed the last episode and then I went home. And then watched the next one. It was like, I can't, usually I give it a couple of days. I'm like, I can't, can't. (laughs) I have to remember exactly what happens right now. Because it's good. I mean, we were excited about the first one and the second half is just as good, I think. Yeah. But But, uh, yeah, this one opens up with a quote. (sighs) Are you glad that Nate left Mm -hmm. the room before Mm -hmm. you try this one? Yeah. Uh, so it's the defects and faults of the mind are like wounds in the body. After all imaginable care has been taken to heal them up, there was still there will be a scar left behind. And then as soon as he said French writer, I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, but his name is Francois La Rochefoucauld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, just going to trail off at the end because <laughs> as I understand it, that's how you speak French. <laughs> There's like 14 letters in this last name, and I'm sure that you say five of them. Mm, Yeah, that's pretty much how that whole language works. Yeah. Um, So anyway, uh, Reed recognizes the poem from the music box, but Mm. he can't place it because he heard it. He didn't read it, and that's not how his eidetic memory works. He takes a moment to explain the differences. Um, And it's like, boy, Reed, I wonder who would have read you this medieval sounding poem. Nothing's ringing a bell. Maybe you should call your mom because I bet she will be able to place it immediately. He's too busy avoiding her. Yes. Uh, Gideon says to ignore all of the clues and ask what they do if they didn't have any clues. Like you'd probably deliver a profile immediately. (laughs) (laughs) But instead they uh, focus on the victimology. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Gideon tells Morgan to go to Boston to look into Rebecca Bryant. Except it's not Boston. It's Boston, South Boston, Virginia. So confusing. Oh, 
It is? Yes. I was so confused for <laughs> 90% of this episode and I had to Google it. I also was. Yeah. Okay, South that Boston, makes some- Virginia is like rural Virginia, super, like almost in North Carolina. Okay. So first of all, I was like, how are they flying to Boston? This doesn't make any sense. And yeah. then they're like, we don't have any cell service. And right. I was like, in fucking right. Boston, right. like it's the so south con- side of Boston, Massachusetts doesn't have any cell service. It's so confusing. And yeah, it was almost at the end of the episode when I finally Googled it and was like, oh, okay. They're not clear. Oh my God. That makes so much yeah. more sense. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Rebecca is really sick and weak, and she's begging for help to no avail from the unsub. Yeah. And she is no one of, sorry to this actress, but she's no one of significance because I looked her up. But I was convinced it was January Jones for part of this episode. They look oh, very yeah, I similar. Oh, see that. Yeah. Especially when she's like all disheveled and it's hard to see her face and stuff. But. Yeah. Um. So... Hotch is pissed that Anderson took Elle home and didn't stay with her. I feel so bad for Anderson. I know. This like, nobody guy. told him to stay. No, he got no explicit directions. He just, like, happened to be walking by when Elle needed a ride. Yeah. This one guy's, like, featured role moment, and they just shit all over <laughs> I know. I'm like, and there's no, like... I don't know, like, what his job is. Like, would he even have known the details of what they were working on? Yeah, I He's don't know. He's not involved in the investigation in any way. No. He just is, it like, a desk guy. Yeah. 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 Poor Anderson. <laughs> um, but it's, like, also, you, like, you should have ordered a protective detail. Right. Or... Not just, like, Joe Schmo Anderson take yeah. her home. Or, since you know that the unsub knows where you all live, send her to a hotel. Right. Or just let her sleep at the office. Yeah. There's like, a lot of good options here. They take none of them per usual. No, then just yell at Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- we see the paramedics working to save Elle, and the word rules is painted in blood above her. And we uh, weirdly hear the unsub's voice say it as yeah. the camera pans mm-hmm. over. Like, I thought I imagined that, and I had to go back because he's like, rules. <laughs> <laughs> and like, the phone is ringing because Hotch is calling her, and she's yeah. not answering. And I was thinking, who called 911? Did the unsub call 911? L called 911. Yeah, they tell us that later, but I was like, what's happening here? Yeah, they they like offhand mention it later. Yeah. They're Um, like, oh no, we have to fill in that plot hole real quick. (laughs) Um, So Reed is still confused about the book and he wonders how he can figure it out when there are thousands of books published every year. He's like, every year? (gasps) So he realizes... That Gideon's memories of Nellie Fox, the baseball player from 1959, but the card is from 1963. <gasps> hmm. A clue, perhaps. Yes. I love Reed just standing in front of a blank wipe-off board that just says possible book titles with nothing written underneath it. <laughs> like, oh, even the brainstorming isn't going well. Uh, no. Um, so the man who delivered the package to Haley turns himself in. Um, he looks absolutely nothing like that sketch they Not show. And he says that someone paid him $1,000 to deliver it. And they're all like being really me- mean to him. Like he's a courier, so that's yeah. his job. If somebody offered me $1,000 to take an envelope to a door, how are you going to say no to that? Yeah, I've done a whole lot more for a whole lot less. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he assume though that he's like carrying evidence for a kidnapper or something. Like, yeah. No real person goes right to that scenario. Yeah. Especially when your job is deli- to deliver stuff. Yeah. Like, just seems like something you do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so Reed asks Garcia to <laughs> Google the poem for him. I love that part. He's like, can you type something into a search engine yeah. for me? <laughs> like, like, is she the only oh, person no. who even knows how to use a computer? No on wonder this, team? this is taking so long. <laughs> Every time they need to Google something, they have to call, call Garcia <laughs> yeah. and ask. It. Um, so, uh, it turns out it's Chaucer. Mm. Oh, like, what? What? Yeah, it's from the Parliament of Fowls, which I already knew because I Googled it myself <laughs> earlier in the episode. If only they had someone like you on the team. I know. <laughs> um, which, yes, is a poem that his mother, in fact, mm. used to read to him. Mm-hmm. It's like a Valentine's poem, and Garcia gets a good line in there. She's like, your mother read you Valentine's poem. <laughs> She's not wrong. They have a weird relationship. Like, no, it's super weird. <laughs> um, so... Um, they realize that the Fowles is a connection to John Fowles, who wrote a book called The Collector in 1963. And the, when the book cover came up, I was like, oh, what a trash book cover. Did they make that just for this? Oh, no, it's a real no, book. No, it's a real book cover. I mean, I knew it was going to be a real book, but I thought maybe they had like thrown together a book cover to fit the narrative purposes of the episode. No, they fit the narrative purpose of the episode <laughs> around the book cover. It's such a crappy book cover. It's really bad. Oh I guess God. maybe book design wasn't great in 1963. Yeah, I guess not if that's the original cover. It yeah. does sound like a really good book, though. But yeah, it's about a guy who keeps a girl captive in his basement until mm. she dies because she won't love him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would read that book. Um, but yeah, that book cover um, shows a, a lock of hair, a key, and the butterfly. Same butterfly that they mm. sent JJ. Uh, so the delivery guy says that he didn't get a good look at the unsub, but that he was covered in burn scars. Like, that's a. You don't need it's to get really a good his look own at that. only defining features. <laughs> um, Gideon has a phone call, and it's someone calling himself the Fisher King. So the Fisher King is um, the grail guardian mm-hmm. from, like, British mythology. And um, it's also an anagram for Sir Naif, the hacker who took out Garcia's system and it, her World of Warcraft buddy. Gideon cannot hide his disdain for Garcia in yeah. any of this. No. He is livid. Yeah. He's going to take back that iPod he got her. <laughs> he sure is. Um The unsub says that what he did was barbaric, but that he had to do it. um, And that Agent Greenaway didn't have to get hurt, but that they'd broken his rules. So Hotch and Gideon arrive at the hospital and Anderson is there. And he says that she called 911 herself and that he arrived just as the ambulance was leaving. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I hadn't realized that they didn't like they wouldn't have realized anything was wrong with Elle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they weren't expecting to hear from her. She's supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. Um, but then in case we needed proof that librarians are the real heroes, um, (laughs) one of them has found a 1963 edition of this book and helps read decipher the code. And they start with their usual speed where first word, the, and I was like, oh no. Yeah. And then like, I can't remember what the second one is because I don't remember. Yeah. And she's like, the path. Does that make sense? Like, He's like, yes, absolutely. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's nonsense right now. But yeah, like it's two, the two path, unrelated I, words. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going somewhere probably, but it doesn't yeah. mean anything yet. It's not like the first two words were like pine tree baseball. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the path. That seems like it could be going somewhere. Um, 
So Morgan and JJ are in South Boston, (laughs) Virginia. Out of cell phone range. Not in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And they note that the investigation into her disappearance, into Rebecca's disappearance, seems really wonky. Like nobody really looked into anything. They just kind of brushed it under the rug. Yeah. Um, And then my next note is... Yeah, they don't have any self-service in Boston? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wrote, they're out of cell phone range. How was that even possible? (laughs) And so that's when I started doing some research. They could have picked literally any other rural zone in Virginia. I know. I don't know why. Maybe it's like the writers from there or something. But I don't know. Um, but then Reed realizes that the poem from the code is referring to his mother. Yes. So there's lots of Rain Man shit from reading this one. It was just like clues moving around on the screen. He's like looking pensive. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, so he calls to have her brought to Quantico in protective custody. And then in Vegas, we hear that Reed's mom has a visitor, but we don't see who it is. And I was like, I can't believe they're only now thinking to put her into protective custody after the key was delivered to the sanitarium while he was there. Yeah, she should have already had some. So, I mean, yeah. Although maybe they thought she was safe there. I mean, but I mean, the unsub or somebody related to the unsub had obviously already been there. Knows that Reed and her and his mother are there. I didn't get it. Yeah, um, JJ and Reed. Uh, oh, sorry, JJ and Morgan are finally back in cell phone service area, and they find out that L has been shot. Morgan I, wants to just go back immediately and just, like, bust a U in the middle of the highway. I love Morgan's reaction. Yeah, um, but JJ is like, no, no, we should follow Hotch's orders and keep working the case. Mm-hmm. And they're like, of course Hotch isn't concerned about this because he's not a human. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Hotch is also just sitting at the hospital doing nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is no point in them coming back. No, but, but there's still. no point in Hotch sitting there either. No. But except he feels guilty, right? As he should. Yes. I just I loved Morgan's delayed reaction of like JJ says the news and then he pulls over and then he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like they have to pull over safely first. Yeah. Um. So Elle dreams about talking to her dad in the jet. She keeps having like visions of being in the jet. It's not a good sign when you're talking to your dead dad. Yeah. Um, and she's flatlining and he tells her that what happens to her is up to her. And uh, meanwhile, Gideon is saying that the unsub is too organized to be truly delusional. And Anderson says that they also found a fingerprint in the blood. Poor Anderson. Yeah. After I was like, do we ever see this guy again, even in the background? We do, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. He's, he's one of those ones that like pops up every once, every in, a once while. in a while. It was just really unfortunate that this was his first time. <laughs> I'm going to be looking for him now. I feel for him. Yeah. Uh, Garcia tells Reed that his mother is safe and on her way. He says that no one knew the things that the unsub knew except for him and that people trust him because they know that he has no one to tell their secrets to. It's like, oh, poor Reed. (laughs) Debbie Downer. (laughs) Um, Except for his mom. Yeah, I was going to say, he does have one person to tell his secrets to. He tells her everything in his letters, which he writes to her every day to alleviate the guilt of never visiting her. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that he's worried about the genetic component of schizophrenia, which I would be. A lot to unpack in this short conversation. Yeah. Garcia's just like, back away slowly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the detective says that Rebecca was a troubled kid and a chronic runaway. She was adopted at five, mm-hmm. and her name was Rebecca Garner prior to the adoption. I love how they say she was into dope. 
Yeah. She was into dope and getting into trouble. <laughs> so no one looked for her because of the dope. Because of the dope. What <laughs> like, a dope oh, fiend. Oh, man. Like, oh, it's like God. reefer madness out there <laughs> in South Boston, Virginia. <laughs> like apparently she lived uh, in 1962. Mm-hmm. Um so the unsub brings Rebecca her dinner. She begs for help and then asks why he doesn't just kill her. And he says that it's because he loves her too much. And then he turns around and we see his face. And it he, is like Freddy Krueger. He looks like Donald Trump mixed with Freddy Krueger because yeah. he's got like a weird puff of half hair. Yeah. And like, and I love that after seeing him finally, like in full light, when the courier's like, "You had a, he was burned." I don't know, is that significant? Like, this man is disfigured completely. Yeah, <laughs> and they brush it off like, like they're like, okay, so he's got some burn marks, and you're like, no, he is a burn mark. He's <laughs> just he's completely burned, like ninety percent of his body, and it is just it is silly. Yes. Like, it's not even, like, once you see him, yeah. it's not scary anymore. No, he it is looks just, so, like, rubbery, and, like, his neck is really, really wide yeah. and moves strangely. Yeah, it's just so obviously a large rubber mask. Yeah. It's it's just funny. Um, so Garcia finds information about Rebecca's file, but it's sealed, and Morgan says that they need to know what happened to her family, and there's no uncomfortable sexual harassment, so Garcia must still be feeling like shit about what Yeah, it's a very terse exchange yeah. between the two of them. Um, at the hospital, Gideon and Hodge lament not be, having enough for a profile. They're like, oh, we only have a few generalities, and you're like, that has <laughs> literally never stopped you before. Nope. That's Um, more than you have sometimes. (laughs) That is very true. Uh, Gideon isn't sure about his choice to do the press conference, but he says it was the right thing to do and that Elle will understand. Was it, though? Was it the right thing to do? Uh, It didn't get them any clues except for this man is possibly burned, which isn't even factual. Yeah. Um, And I feel like in later episodes, they never, like, go barreling full force into going against what the unsub says. Especially when they don't know anything about the unsub. Right. Like you don't know, usually like when they do, like when Gideon decides to do his taunt the unsub thing, yeah. he knows enough about them to have a good idea of how they're going to react. Right. But they like, don't know anything. They don't here. know anything about this guy. And like, they know that he's like really, really smart and organized. Yeah. So like... Clearly, the rules are important. Yeah, and they know that he knows where they all live. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought it was so strange, and I feel like they don't do something that stupid again. Yeah. Um, Reed's mom arrives at the BAU, and she tells him that he's too skinny and should stop drinking coffee. Um, Then she starts yelling at him uh, because he had the fascists arrest her and drag her onto a plane, even though she hates flying. (laughs) And he's like, no, no, you're not under arrest. (laughs) Um, so Garcia found more info on the Garner family. Most of the family died in a house fire. Rebecca's father saved her and then gave her up for adoption because he was recovering from massive burns covering his entire body. Uh, he was awarded a huge settlement from the contractor and was also institutionalized in the Bennington Sanitarium. (gasps) We know that place. Yes. Um, which Garcia realizes Mm. exactly what that means, but doesn't say anything about it right away. Garcia's bangs were killing me in this episode. They were so long and so wispy and over top of her glasses. Yeah. It was hard to concentrate on anything she was talking about. Sorry, Uh, I just needed to get that out there. It was driving me nuts this whole episode. 
Um, but even through her bangs, she manages to find <laughs> Sir Nafe as well. Um, the, uh, you know, the hacker mm-hmm. tra- uh, traces him. Um, so Reed sh- is showing his mom around the office. He asks her if she talks to anyone about his colleagues or writes about them in her journals. And she's just like walking around touching all the uh, evidence. evidence and everything. Unglove touching of evidence. She yes. fits right in here. Yeah. Um, and then she like knocks the key off and Reed mm-hmm. grabs it from her and yells at her. Um, but then he shows her the video and um, she immediately recognizes him as Randall Garner. Mm-hmm. So Garcia confirms that he is a, both the hacker and Rebecca's father. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, we got him. Uh, Morgan and JJ are back. <laughs> It's like, wow. Back from Massachusetts. <laughs> Quick trip back from Boston. Um, so everything makes so much more sense now. Um, Reed says that Randall believes himself to be the Fisher King and that Rebecca is the Grail. Mm-hmm. And Diana says that he, uh, Diana's Reed's mom, I don't know if I said that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, or that he believes the BAU to be the modern day Knights of the Round Table. And she's also like, oh my God, I can't believe Rebecca's a real person. I thought she was just a metaphor. And you're like, oh Jesus, oh, what no. have you said to this man? <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, they're just concerned about how they're going to be able to find Randall, you know, mm. and Diana's like, oh, I don't know if this is important, but a man <laughs> delivered a photo of a house to me. And also there's an address on the back. <laughs> Whoopsie doopsie. Almost forgot to mention. <laughs> She's like, hey, might, might this help? <laughs> uh, so the team arrives at the house with SWAT and they enter the unlocked door. Mm-hmm. Like he clearly wants them to come in. Yeah, like they just expect him to be like, sitting at the dining room table or something. Yeah. He's not, but Elle's badge and gun are on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of like move through the house and then finally find Garner in his study. And they do this big back and forth of like how they have to smash his delusion. Like they have to break his delusion. That just seems dangerously stupid to me. Yeah. It's like he's, you're not going to be able to do that. Right. It's so like, work within the delusion to try to draw him out and get everybody out. Right. Safely. Like, aren't you just going to make him combative by con- trying to convince him that his delusion isn't real? Yeah. It's is like ex- the opposite of how you deal with delusional people. Well, it's exactly the opposite of how they dealt with the guy in the train episode. Right. Where right. they were like, no, we have to like work within this. Yeah. And, um, you know, pretend like we're removing the chip or whatever so that he doesn't fly off the handle. It's like waking up a sleepwalker. Like you don't do that. Um, uh, okay. So Reed is like walking down the hallway toward him and he's like, Hey, my mom's a paranoid schizophrenic. Please don't believe anything she said to you. Like it's It's far too late for that, that, (laughs) sir. Um, and he walks in and Randall Garner is strapped with a bomb at his desk chair. It's a real pizza bomber scenario there is all I could think about. It is. And just like that, the the bomb and the mask, and it is absolutely ridiculous. And it's like sticks of dynamite. (laughs) It looks like when, um, in, what is it? In Tommy Boy, when Chris Farley makes the, the fake bomb out of the road flare. Like, did Wiley Coyote strap (laughs) those to you? Yeah. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, so he keeps just asking Reed to ask him the question over and over again. You'd think Reed knowing all of this about medieval literature and ask the question, just ask him the question. Yeah. Uh, because he thinks whatever question Reed he wants mm. Reed to ask is going to heal him. 
And uh, Reed says, the only important question is whether you can forgive yourself. No. They're like, no, no, come on. I looked this up. Did you look up what the question no, is? No, what is it? So he's, um, according to Arthurian legend, yeah. um, Percival was to ask the Fisher King, whom does the grail serve? And that makes the oh, Fisher King realize, yeah. I knew that from the third Indiana Jones yeah, movie. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and then that makes you realize that you're unworthy. And when you accept that you're unworthy, it like heals your wounds and you get redeemed. Mm. Um, but Reed never, never asks the question. And you know he knows it. He knows all yeah. this other stuff. Just yeah. ask him the damn question. He's seen Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. He probably hasn't. <laughs> um, Randall says that he cannot forgive himself and he hits the bomb trigger um reed sees him going to do this and he runs down the hall as the bomb explodes reed just dives to safety like he can run outrun a Um, bomb not totally out because his like his butt is on fire fire. (laughs) and uh morgan and hodge like come out and like pat it out (laughs) and then i rewatched that scene three times because it was so funny um yeah, so then they're dragging Reed out, and they're like, it's too, like, it's too, too late. late. We can't get, get her. Here. They're like, the house is on fire. And you're like, only that one room really seems yeah. to be affected. So, like. There's a little bit of time. Uh, yeah, like, you could check around. But this this moment of, like, watching Reed's brain figure this out is one of my all-time favorite Criminal Minds moments because it's just so contrived. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. Um, so he says that um, uh, Garner had told him that they gave him the map and he mm-hmm. like visualizes the picture of the house and mm-hmm. there's a light on in the basement. It's like a beautiful mind. Like you see his eyes and like calculate it. <laughs> She's in the basement. Yes. And you hear Morgan go, how did he know that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's We're like, with you, hell? Morgan. <laughs> um, yeah. So they run down to the basement to find her or, um, and... Luckily, Reed has the skeleton key that he took away from his mom mm-hmm. earlier in his pocket, and uh, they set her free from the chains, except, like, that was the key to the music box. Right. The same key opens the iron leg chains <laughs> and the music box? Maybe it's one of those universal skeleton keys. Maybe. I don't know. Like the one that unlocks all the doors in my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. I just feel like that wouldn't work on iron chains. <laughs> it's maybe. one thing when it's the bathroom doors. But maybe they're specially made iron maybe. chains. I don't know. I don't know. Where do you even get iron chains? <laughs> uh, so then we're back on the plane with Elle and her dad, but now there's no seats and they're just sitting on the yeah, floor. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I guess more stuff disappears every time. It's just like your brain is dying. Oh, maybe. I don't know. That's true. Um, she apologizes for telling him that she hated him when he was eight, which like right before he died. Yeah. And she tells him that she loves him, but she says that she can't stay with him. And he's like, no, that's fine. I'll be here when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And then he, they just kind of fade out and Elle wakes up in the hospital, um, conveniently right when the doctor is leaning over her right in <laughs> her face. jarring. <laughs> it really is. It's not a comforting way to wake up. <laughs> yeah. And he says that she's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which, that, I'm sorry, no. what a disappointment. I could have sworn that she died in this episode. No. 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 I, I mean, I remember now. There's a little bit more L. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, the team arrives back at the office and Hotch thanks them. Uh, Garcia points out that Diana also helped out a lot. Yeah, but it's also kind of all her fault. And also caused the problem. Mm -hmm. But thank you for helping to solve the problem you fixed. (laughs) Um, So Reed tells his mom that Rebecca is safe and she's not lucid anymore. And she thinks that she's about to go give a lecture. Mm -hmm. And Reed asks if he can attend too. And she's like, well, have you read the material? And he's like, I've had it read to me. She's like, well, that's just as good. <laughs> We're like, aw, like it's cute. Um, so Gideon is watching Elle sleep, and Morgan is helping Garcia with her computer stuff. JJ's resetting the whiteboard, and and there's a, an awesome song playing over this whole. Oh yes, it's all to that that five, five for, for fighting. fighting song. I was like, it started playing, and I was like, wow, this is the most early two thousand song I've ever heard. It sounds so familiar, and then I looked it up. I was like, of course, this yes. is five for fighting. Yeah. Oh. Um, Spencer's flying home with his mom and he's like comforting her on the plane because mm. she's really agitated. And then um, Hotch goes to Elle's house to clean up all the blood and stuff from the crime scene before mm. she comes home. And it's like, okay, oh. full human points <gasps> for Hotch. <laughs> Even though you're doing it in your suit yeah. and you really don't know how to clean blood off of anything. No, he's, he's just, just using, using a water and water. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Hodge, but, that's never going to come off. But he's off. trying. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> the, the thought is there. Yeah. It was really sweet. Man, what a roller coaster. It really was. What a way to start season two. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm excited that we're starting season two, but it also feels like a countdown to the end of Mandy Patinkin. I know. We've got another, we've got a full season with him. Yeah. Just like the beginning of the end. You know what it is a countdown to? Hmm the end of L. Well, that I'm definitely looking forward Countdown to. Countdown to Prentice. Yes. Yes. Big Prentice fan. I so. really don't remember her coming in. I don't either. Like I remember the circumstances under which L leaves, mm-hmm. but I really don't remember her coming in because she's been in the show for so long. Yeah. So I'm curious. I know. I don't remember see, exactly like, what it's either. They just, just felt like she was just there one day. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much, they just kind of throw her in, but yeah. I'm excited to rewatch her like building rapport with the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have our first uh, white man on sub. Yes. Season two, 100%. Yeah. Want to know? I did break down all of my graphs. So I have a season one graph, a season two graph, and an overall graph. Um, so overall, we're still like 87% white men but going in strong season two 100 percent. yes no profile to score they, and they didn't do a profile in either of these parts no I well they never had enough to get it right they only had generalities Just not enough to go on <laughs> um but yeah hotcha 10 i can't say i remember this next episode based on the title p911 a horrible title um the title did not uh, ring a bell at all, but mm-hmm. the description, I think I know which one this is. Mm-hmm. I didn't read the description. I just looked at the title. Yeah. And so. even like thinking about the episode, I think it is the title still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. It's a real puzzle of a title with this. I don't know what exactly they're going for. I don't know. Maybe they'll explain it. Hopefully yeah. I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
What a what a wild ride season one was. Can't wait to see what they have in store in season two. I know. There's some really good ones in season two that I'm excited. Yeah, I didn't even really look that far ahead because I was, I don't know, so overwhelmed by this episode, I guess. Yeah. So it just it's a great one. It's got everything you want. Yeah. It's nonsense, but it still pulls itself together somehow. Makes you want to watch more. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> Well, wherever you're watching, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or pretty much wherever it is that you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at The Unsub is a White Man. Our theme music was composed and performed by Nate Youngblood, and the podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And until next time, we're going to be in South Boston, Virginia, which is a place. <laughs> Google <know>. it. <laughs> <laughs>